expressing like some of your personal life, you know, just so they feel like they get to, they know who you are and they see you doing it and they think I can do that too. Like that's really all I just try to convey. And I think that can be contagious, you know? Welcome to the Passion to Brand podcast, a show of real stories from people who turn their passions into thriving brands through social media. I'm Brett Johnson, founder of Passion to Brand. And I'm Dale Schaefer, founder of daleschafer.com. On the show today, how Nicole Carter turned her passion for travel, photography, and the outdoors into the well-known brand Nicole Carter 08 with a simple message, if you love something, you'll make time for it. Some of my favorite childhood memories growing up as a kid were the trips we'd go on as a family. Whether that was to the Florida beaches or on a cruise to the Caribbean, I remember loving the adventure of just being in a new place. You know, as I've grown up, that desire for adventure still remains much the same. This is a very similar story for Nicole. If you're on Instagram, you likely have seen one of Nicole's beautiful pictures or videos of her outdoor adventures. Now traveling all over the world, Nicole is capturing the world's beauty and making time for what she loves most. You will hear now how her love for travel, photography, and the outdoors began at a very early age. My parents got an RV when I was five and it was very short lived, but uh, some of my favorite memories were playing in that RV and camping with it and took my first trip to Yellowstone in it. So the RV is very memorable to me. (laughs) And then my parents jumped into cruising. I went on my first cruise when I was seven and been cruising ever since. They would take me on two or three a year. And so my other favorite childhood memories are aboard the Disney cruise ship. You know, I grew up next to Mickey and Pluto and (laughs) Donald, all of them. (laughs) The whole team. Definitely. Um, So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have a normal childhood, you know, being raised on a Disney ship. <laughs> yeah. And, and I can imagine, you know, taking that first, uh, first RV trip and then transitioning into, to the cruise lifestyle, you know, was, was quite a, sh- quite a shift I would imagine. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about how, how your parents made the switch from doing the RV life to, to now going on, on the water and, and, and doing cruises. Yeah, I think the RV was fun and that we could road trip and see national parks and have a kitchen right there and a bathroom because um, my mom does not like camping. She has to have a shower. <laughs> and uh, I think that they loved having a house on wheels, but um, I think it was the planning that they did not like you know we have to go to the grocery store we have to figure out where we got to park this thing and then we got to drive there and the switch to cruising I think was to make their lives easier to make vacation with children easier (laughs) you know we don't have to plan anything we just get on the ship the itinerary is there for us and we just get to plan the fun things you know we get to decide what we get to do at this port and you know we just sit at the pool or drop our kids off at the club. <laughs> and as a kid, as a kid, that that's amazing, right? There's a bunch of kids all over the place on the cruise ship, especially on a Disney cruise, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you, I'm sure as a kid, you, you love that. I mean, do you think, would you, would you prefer that type of travel as a kid over, um, you know, ro- road trips in the RV? 
Um, it's hard. I think they're both really fun for different reasons. Like I have fond memories of both. I don't really think one's better than the other. Mm. And obviously one's way more expensive than the other. Right, totally. <laughs> but yeah, different memories, different vibes, different feels. Um, maybe if a kid has been total RV life for as long as they have in the cruise might be exciting and appealing and better, but mm-hmm. I liked them both personally. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Bruises were, were nice from your parents' side because they didn't have to plan, right? I know that's uh, being on the road and, um, you know, especially being in an RV, there's a lot that can go wrong. So who, who was it, I guess, in your family growing up? Who, who would plan these trips? Was it your mom or, or your dad? My dad. My dad is the planner <laughs> of everything. Um, wow. He loves to plan. My mom is just along for the ride. <laughs> Okay. She likes to sit back. Yes. She loves to let him plan everything and she just goes. (laughs) Nice. Sounds, sounds like the life. Now, were were you, um, an only child? Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two sisters. I'm the middle child. So I have a younger sister and an older sister. Nice. Nice. So, um, you know, Nicole, on your travels, at what point did you really feel like you you started to connect with being out outdoors was it uh was it on the open blue waters on the cruise ships or or was it more you know when you were traveling around uh, on the road in the rv um the outdoors was definitely the rv and after my parents sold the rv we still had family reunions and we would sometimes rent an rv or we'd stay in one of my cousin's rvs and we would go to these family reunions once in the summer. And I loved those trips. I loved, even if we stayed in RV, I would ask my dad if he could set up a tent for me. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up doing a lot of uh, camping. We didn't really have an RV. We had like a small trailer and things like that. But I'm, I'm curious uh, when they sold the RV and you moved more towards the cruises. I was so young. I was, so I said I was seven when we went on my first cruise. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss the RV. I didn't really think about it until I started getting older, you know, when I was 11, 12, and I no longer had the RV. I was more sad about it, but initially I didn't even, you know, I didn't know they sold it. Hmm. So with with the RV, uh, obviously there, you know, you were going to uh, different places and, you know, obviously on a cruise ship, you were kind of committed to a specific area and things like that. But with an RV, I would think that you were, you went to a lot of different places, and as a child, you could play and have have fun. Was that what you remember most about that time? Yeah, I remember. You know, we had the bunk bed above the steering wheel, so me and my Honestly. sister would lay on our stomachs and watch the open road through that window <laughs> where we would sleep. And um, you know, when we were hiking around or in nature, I just remember my parents actually gave me a little Polaroid camera. And I remember my dad in the RV pulling over on the side of the road because there was a coyote just walking the road. And I remember taking that picture with my Polaroid. It was my favorite picture of the entire trip of Yellowstone was seeing a coyote on the side of the road. (laughs) Wow. So that's where the photography began. Yep. Very young. (laughs) It's all connected, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's very neat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I guess tell us a little bit more, you know, about that Yellowstone trip, uh, Nicole. I mean, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what that, what that trip did for you. 
I just remember my dad saying, we're going to see a lot of wildlife. We're going to see a lot of animals. Do you like animals? And yeah, of course, I love animals. And, you know, I think he meant, you know, we'd see a lot of bison and some deer, maybe a moose, <laughs> but a mm -hmm. coyote. He was he was super excited to show me this coyote that he slowed the RV down and kind of pulled off the road a little bit. And we looked out his window and he said, get your camera, get your camera. And I grabbed my little pink Polaroid camera and took a picture of this coyote. And I was so proud that I got a picture of it. <laughs> and this was the first animal we saw on our trip to Yellowstone. Yeah. What did life look like, you know, following, following this Yellowstone trip and, and of course, you know, transitioning to, to, to cruises, how did photography and getting outdoors, how'd that continue for you? Um, photography never really stopped. I always had a camera. Um, my parents, when I got into middle school, I actually took a digital photography class and they got me my first DSLR. Wow. And, um, you know, I obviously didn't know what I liked to photograph. I was photographing my sister, the mountains, the city, everything, you know, I just wanted to capture it all. Um, and then when I got into high school, I took a film photography class and in college I took film also okay. and I thought I would maybe do more film and I had one of my friends his mom was selling her camera and it was a Canon 5D and it right. was yeah. my first full frame that I got and she was a wedding photographer and, you know, people were like, oh, if you like photography, you should get into weddings and, you know, you're good with people. So I was like, OK, yeah, maybe maybe people is what I should be doing. Um, but I never got into shooting people. I got more into hiking and then bringing my camera on hikes and taking pictures of the scenery. So I leaned more towards landscape than I did people. Wow. Now that that. uh did that start in, in college? I mean, were you doing, uh, you know, landscape photography, you know, in college or when, when did that passion kind of cultivate? So in college, I was studying for the MCAT and it was brutal. I was studying so much and my head was just like over studying overkill. And I just wanted to get out and relax and peace and away from the noise. Mm. And so I found the hiking was where I wanted to be out in nature where it was quiet and I could relax and get a workout in too because I was sitting at a desk reading or you know studying so that's really when hiking and nature really took off for me and I really enjoyed it because of the peace that it brought you know I liked it before because it was fun and my family got out and did it but it was a different feeling getting out there on my own, experiencing the peace, getting away from studying. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine studying for the MCAT. Yeah. Your, your brain is full, full of knowledge and full of information. Um, but yeah, something you said, you know, just getting out in nature, you know, brought about peace for you and probably some serenity as well. And just, um, you know, what, where were you looking to go? I mean, obviously studying for the MCAT was your plan to to pursue something in the, in the medical space or, or, you know, how did that shift for you? Yeah, I was pre-med and I studied biology in college and 
Um, my plan was to go to med school and I actually applied the year that the MCAT was expiring. So, um, they were changing the format of the MCAT. Mm -hmm. So the old version of the MCAT, anybody who had taken that old version had to apply that year. And so I applied with the most applicants that they had ever seen and probably will ever see. <laughs> mm. And I applied early. And even though I did, all the letters I got back were like, oh, we're full, we're full, apply next year. And I had spent thousands of dollars applying. And I was so upset. I was like, I'm not applying next year. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> And um, I was like, they're not getting any more of my money. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of held a grudge against med schools and I thought maybe I'd do the PA route. And for a while I worked at a lab because you need um, laboratory experience to be a PA. Mm. So I worked at a lab for a while and working at a lab, you get um pretty awesome schedules you know the seven on seven off or the right, right. four days on three days off and so every weekend i had a three-day weekend so i i went and traveled <laughs> interesting at this point where where were you you had you met met your husband at that point where where in life were you at i guess when you were working at the lab yeah me and my husband got married the so i graduated in december and we got married February the following year. So I was done with school. I was working in the lab. He was getting his master's. So he was still in school and crazy busy. So I would travel with some of my girlfriends while he would <laughs> study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I, I guess it was kind of at that point, I would imagine, uh, Nicole, that, that, you know, you realized that you needed to be out in nature, right? That was something that you really wanted a, a part uh, of your life. Um, you know, now, now fast forward several years later, now, of course you're a, a wife and a, and a mom of two, you know, traveling on the weekends, I, I imagine is when, you know, getting out in nature occurs. Is that correct? Yeah, it does. I mean, I try and drag them out on a hike during the week, but that can be tough. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you find time, Nicole? How do you find time to fit travel, you know, into your life now? Um, travel is more scheduled. Like it, it sucks that I can't just go on the fly like I used to, but that also means I get to actually plan and look forward to putting stuff together for my family. And then I have to figure out my husband's schedule and when we can go. Um, but it's still just as enjoyable, if not more, because it's not every weekend I get to get out, you know? Mm -hmm. So you've kind of taken on the role that your dad had in the beginning, right? The planning and putting the itineraries together for the family and everything. Yep. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have some beautiful photography. So tell us how you, how you transitioned into, you know, sharing that on social media. Yeah. Social media really took off when I was in college and, you know, I got an account just to keep up with people and. You know, it was the new Facebook or whatever. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll jump on this. And when I started traveling places to the national parks and hiking, I started sharing some of those photos. And um, gradually, I just 
gained a following of people who liked to travel, liked to look at landscape, loved to hike. And um, there were a few feature accounts in Utah that would share my stuff. And so more and more, my account became more outdoors and less of my personal life. And, you know, I really didn't like to share much of my personal life. I still don't. I'm not that personal on social media. I just like to use Instagram for photos. And so it was is nice that I could just post these photos on my account and not have to post myself. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, I mean, that that has has transitioned. I know today, you know, you're incorporating more of yourself. Kind of tell me what was the the reason for that switch? So I met a lot of photographers on Instagram, you know, people that hiked in Utah and we would meet up and go on hikes and we would all be taking pictures of landscape and they would say, oh, go, go stand right there. You know, like I need a pretty subject in my photo. <laughs> and uh, of course I was like, uh, what? No, no, <laughs> but okay. And just awkwardly brush my hair and be like, what do I do? And I'm, so naturally I would just, I'm going to look at the landscape. <laughs> <laughs> and people liked that they, I don't know, like having a human in your photo, be able to connect a face, a person, and also scale, you know, seeing how big that lake is and how massive that mountain is against a person. Like it just added an element that I didn't think of when I was taking photos without me in it and people wanted to see more and so yes I have become a subject in my photos even though I don't love to be um I'm there and I'm doing it <laughs> yeah so I'm sure of course Nicole throughout the years you know this all started back in college I'm sure you uh you have an archive of photos in your library and I'm sure at times you'll go back and look and see uh see the first pictures that Nicole took tell us uh, do you feel like your photography skills, um, do you feel like they've improved over the years? Yeah, I think mostly the improvement has been with how to use a camera. You know, you got to balance your ISO, the f-stop and goodness, it's it's a lot with how fast the light can change or, you know, all of a sudden it becomes cloudy or it's dark and then sun's not out. And, you know, all these things you have to balance, I think I've gotten better at my settings as well as like composition, you know, how I want to set up the scene and what I want included in my photo and where I'm going to stand. Like I have to think a lot about that too. If now that I'm putting myself in a photo. <laughs> right. Yep. Totally. But yeah, I think, um, the settings like look better and the composition looks better. And also my editing has gotten a lot better, you know, from the first photos that I've taken. <laughs> Yeah. Were you editing? I mean, when you first you know, started taking pictures, were, were you doing edits at that point? Or is that, you know, I guess the skill of, of editing is that, uh, is that, a, you know, kind of evolved as well? Yeah. When I took that digital photography class in middle school, we actually learned a lot of editing on the computer. Um, so that's when my editing really started, but I've kind of mastered it more. Although I can't really edit on a computer with kids because I'm getting a snack or I'm feeding a crying baby and then I get back to my computer and I'm like, what was I doing? Though a lot of editing actually happens on my phone, which is which is okay. Like I'd love to edit on a computer, but I've learned to master the settings on a camera so that I don't have to do too much post-processing. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and of course, now going forward, uh, Nicole, 
what does it look like for you in terms of the type of content? Where are we headed from, from here with your content? I love, I will always love photography and I will always keep doing photography. Um, but reels, you reach more like Instagram's really trying to push reels. So you reach more audience and I've, I've gotten more reach that way. So unfortunately I'm in the reels bucket right now, <laughs> but you'll never stop me from sharing photos. I, that's yeah. where my passion is, you know? Yeah. You, you got to stick to your passion, you know, even though maybe, you know, a feature like reels is getting a lot of attention at the end of the day. If it's not something you're, you're passionate about, right. Eventually it might just, um, stop you altogether, you know? So, so that's, yeah, I love, I love that you are, you're sticking to that passion and trying to incorporate your passion into maybe some of these, these, uh, additional features. So, so kind of tell us, you know, um, with this, this new wave that's, that's going forward, you know, of, of, uh, you know, activity. And of course, more and more users are, are coming to Instagram and, and TikTok and social media. How, how are you looking to captivate on, um, you know, all the attention that social media is, you know, getting it in terms of this next year for you, Nicole, I mean, are you focused more on just continue to get content out there? Um, or is there, you know, are, are you shifting more towards a different type of connection with your followers? Um, I feel like, you know, in order to grow, I have to give them more, you know, it's no longer about just a pretty photo or a fun video, like you need to provide value. And I've been trying to figure out where I could provide value. And, you know, after having my second kid, a lot of people were surprised that I had kids. Like they, like, I don't, like I said, I don't share my personal life on my Instagram, but people were like, wow, how do you travel so much with two kids? And, you know, I, I think travel is scary for a lot of people who don't get out to begin with, but then to even comprehend taking children with you is a whole nother level. Right. Um, so, you know, I really want to send a message to my followers that like you can travel you know, even if you have a nine to five job, even if you have a four month old baby, like I went to Yosemite for a week and camped for a week with a two month old baby. Like it's possible. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> like you can do it and it's not going to be easy, but mm. you know, with planning, like you can make it easier. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, I'm actually working on some itineraries. Um, like I said, I, I love to travel and I love to plan and I love to put together itineraries just like my dad. <laughs> and I find it so easy and so fun. And a lot of people don't or they don't even know how or where to start. And I think putting together an itinerary for somebody to follow and get out there might make travel even easier and more accessible to them. Yeah. And so you're you're actually using you know, to the creation of these itineraries, uh, it's, it's a way to monetize what you're doing. Is that correct? Yeah, I have about three itineraries made right now. And this is based on, you know, not only my research, but I've actually done this trip. I've actually been there and I know, like, these are the hikes I like. And this is, like, I don't even include if it was hard or if I didn't if I wasn't able to get there or if the trail was hard to follow, like I want it to be as user friendly as possible. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's truly a firsthand account from, from your own experience. 
Yeah. Like I'm never going to put an itinerary together of a place I haven't been to. I'm going to put an itinerary of places that I've been to multiple times or the exact itinerary I did when I was there. Yeah. And since you have that firsthand experience, yeah, you really can, can direct them to the, to the right places where a lot of times if you're just putting off blogs or putting off, uh, you know, itineraries based upon what other people say, you don't, you don't know if there's been, you know, been changes or, or if it actually is still, you know, there anymore. So excited to see, you know, how, how those, you know, turn out and, and, and I'm sure you, you, uh, you're going to see success through that. I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that you, you know, obviously are passionate about. You've got those genes from your dad of planning and <laughs> planning trips and, <laughs> and obviously, uh, I think that's going to resonate and, and I'm sure that's going to be something super helpful that they, they'll love. Um, but Nicole, of course, you know, you're at this point, you're, you've grown your account from, um, you know, in college, you know, relatively no followers, you know, maybe just friends and family to now today. I think I saw nearly 38,000 followers with a simple message of, of course, of if you love something, you will make time for it. Um, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me a little bit. What is one thing that you think uh, you did on Instagram to help, you know, achieve that growth? I think, um, you know, expressing personality and expressing like, I know I don't like to do it, but <laughs> some of your yeah. personal life, you know, just so they feel like they get to, they know who you are and they see you doing it and they think I can do that too. Like, that's really all I just try to convey. And I think that can be contagious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's very much your, your story. I mean, starting out, just taking landscape photography and then doing, doing travels with other photographers and getting in there as an anchor. I mean, that's very much, you know, your story. And I'd imagine that speaks very loudly because, you know, it's hard to put yourself as the center, um, you know, of, of, of pictures. So, you know, I, I'm sure you, your followers see that um, and they probably feel very encouraged. I'm sure there's many people out there listening um, to this this podcast right now and they're able to connect with your story. What's one bit of advice that you would give um, to that listener? I think if I were to give any advice, it would be to get out of your comfort zone and meet people and collaborate. Um, you know, I... I found so many of my best friends and so many of people that I hike with and do photography with that I met on Instagram. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's of course what social media brings. It brings a community of people together and, and, you know, to to connect. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of social media right there. Appreciate you being on the show uh, today, Nicole. But uh, of course, before you leave, we'd love to give um, the audience and the listener an opportunity to connect with you. Uh, so what is the best way for, for, for them to follow along your journey and to get involved? Um, through Instagram really is, it's the only platform I use. Um, I'm at Nicole Carter 08 and you know, you can reach out to me via DM or a comment. Um, you know, any way, if you don't even want to send me an email, sure. <laughs> yeah. Any way to connect I, would be great. <laughs> Yes. I, I love to talk to people and I love getting to meet people, especially those who love to travel and who love to take photographs. Like I love it all. I love to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And we can tell your, your passion, passion for it, uh, Nicole is, uh, is very vibrant. So we appreciate, uh, appreciate you sharing your journey uh, and your story with us today. Yes, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for sharing so much of, uh, uh, insight into to your passion and uh, you know parts of your family and everything. It's it's been a great journey. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber to the Passion to Brand podcast, please do subscribe. If you're interested in being on the podcast, please write to me at brett at passiontobrand.com or send me a message on Instagram at passiontobrand. This episode was produced by Candice Bodenbender with Max Drive Marketing and music composed by Trevor Michael Music. Thanks again for listening.